All righty, folks. Welcome to another jam-packed punk Sember episode of the Worldcraft Club. That's right. You heard correctly. punk Sember, the month where we focus exclusively on CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077. Fantastic role-playing game that came out just last week. So we have been playing excessively. And I'm going to tell you, we have a preem episode for you right here. Let me introduce you to my two chooms. What is up, Corpo Bruiser Seth? How are you doing, Corpo Bruiser Seth? I am great. I have been having so much fun with this game. Uh, I think my wife is getting a little bit tired of it, but I'm I too. Let me tell you, I could keep playing for a long time. This is one yes. of those rare games where I load it up, I'm excited about it. I start playing and immediately I realize I'm going to probably sink like 400 hours into this. Yeah. Yeah. I can year and a half, two years. I'm just going to be playing the crap out of this game. And in the other corner, the androgynous anonymous activist, cyberware hacking extraordinaire pro Marcus. How you doing Marcus? I'm doing pretty Nova. yeah no we we've all been just like a cram and slash deep dive into this game and Mm. as you guys can tell we've just been absorbing this world and its lingo and its style oh yeah 100 percent. even stuff that's not presented in like the main story and we're going to try to keep this as spoiler free for anybody who's waiting to christmas to play this game main story plots will dance around but even stuff that's not presented in like a mission or a story just the world and like movie posters and advertisements it's been dense it's dense the world is is yeah crazy deep and i i myself have sunk around 20 hours into it in the in the course of a couple of days which is huge for me i usually do other things like spend time with my wife and child but instead i played a lot of cyberpunk so seth like let's kick it off here just for people who have been living under a rock or don't know who keanu reeves is uh tell us a little bit what is what is cyberpunk what's the game um why where did it start go so cyberpunk is a project that has been going on for a really long time they first teased it eight years ago And there have been some delays. Um, (laughs) It's been one of the the few things in 2020 that has sort of kept everybody going, right? At least we get to play Cyberpunk by the end of the year. And then there was a delay because originally it was supposed to be the beginning of the year. Then there was a delay and everybody was like, oh, great. Okay. And then there was another delay. Regardless, we finally got the game. Cyberpunk is a dystopian setting. You have a lot of interaction between corporations that sort of run the world and people who are living their lives as best they can underneath them. Mm. You're playing as a, as a character who's doing their best to survive in this world and maybe make a little bit of a name for themselves. But it's your typical, very immersive, single-player, long-story game with a huge map for you to explore. So if yes. you're looking for parallel games, think things like the more modern Assassin's Creed's or Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. I got a lot of Mass Effect vibes. Yeah. From the story structure. <laughs> That's really true. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of sort of cinematic 
qualities to it. Uh, mm. It's it's a really pretty game. Um, mm. It's built for next generation consoles, and it's sort of this generation Skyrim, if I can say that. You know, when Skyrim came out, it was sort of this age-defining game as far as gaming eras go, and and it sort of it sort of put a capstone on that. And I feel like Cyberpunk is is aiming to do the same thing. We'll see whether or not it lives up to the uh, incredible longevity that was Skyrim, but. This game is, at its core, a game about making decisions about how you want to live. Yeah, and the hype upon this game was absolutely through the freaking roof. People were Ludicrous. so excited. Yeah, people had, mm-hmm. had, had, had gotten themselves into a rich, hot lather over this, and it was yeah. a very exciting thing. Nearly as hot as my PS4 when it tries to run it. Um, <laughs> but, oh man. Yeah, it's been, um, it, there's been a lot around this, especially because the, the producer of the game, uh, the, the uh, sorry, the studio making it, CD Projekt Red, had a made reputation. The Witcher 3, by the way. Yeah. They, may, they have an, a reputation for making exceptional, immersive, deep-storied games with just intriguing characters and a lot going on. So when th- this developer was one everyone was excited to see. So it's, been, uh, it's, it's out now. We've all had a chance to play it. We have sunk enough time in it to get a sense of it. So guys, I think we can review this sucker. So we don't normally oh do this. We don't normally no, do this. We don't. We're, we're gonna die. We're gonna just dip our toe into a little bit. It kind of is gonna help to give y'all an idea of uh, kind of how we're going into it mentally. All right, like because I think it's safe to say we're kind of in the fanboy section of this. Like we we we've, we've enjoyed our experience on the whole, but we want to make sure you guys understand where we're coming from. So um, I wanted and at to the just same like time we haven't finish the game yet yeah yeah that's true, just as well. huge. that's true as well <laughs> it is it is very big um yeah. so so look let, let, let me lay out a couple of things all right so i'm playing it on the ps4 and if you've seen any of the memes floating around yes it melts the ps4 i have every time i have stopped playing the game it is because the system has crashed and i thought that was just you know god's way of telling me to stop so i just like walked away from <laughs> it it's essentially like how the games work for me um yeah. that sucks that's kind of that's not that great right like i wish they'd pause it a little bit more ready for that um but part of the deal with this is that you have to take the game on the terms that it's made this was not really made i honestly it's it's you say it was a next gen console game i think it was a pc game i think it was a pc game that had to be on console in order to boost sales like i think at the end of the day the pc master race owns this title like is is my sure but but at the same time i mean it works on stadia fine (laughs) it works on ps5 fine Right. It's the problem is current gen consoles and on computer. If you have a a nice gaming computer, it works really, really well. And it looks, it looks gorgeous. Mm -hmm. If you don't, well, then it still looks pretty. It it still looks good. Yeah. Like I'd I'd say playing it. I still, I'd still say it looks high end. I played with the settings because at first it, it like set me on ultra settings without like reading my rig. And I'm like, Oh no. (laughs) <laughs> oh no don't, don't do that you know so i yeah. like played with it so i'm like okay let me get a baseline so i had turned all the settings as low as it could go and kind of worked out from that and i put them all low save for like no one having a shadow when they were walking around yeah it still looked pretty yeah you just don't get the ray tracing oh yeah oh yeah it looks gorgeous <laughs> on, on Seth's on Seth's setup when i was when we were doing our our stream which will be available um 
either a little while after this, I think we'll have yeah. that. We'll have that available. Yeah, we recorded it. Where uh, me and Marcus were just the peanut section while um, peanut gallery up there while Seth uh, tried to beat people up. I would like to mention though, you mentioned, you said that we were, you know, we're in the fanboy camp. I specifically built a computer for this game. Oh, awesome. geez. So well, full disclosure, yeah. I am like way beyond the fanboy camp. You, you are in, as we <laughs> said. I am firmly in, uh, committed. 100%. In the last episode, he cracked open a glow stick and made a tramp stamp out of it. Like right? Keanu Reeves as Johnny Silverhand. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, we're all sewing glow sticks into our collars now, right? Like that's just what yes. we're doing. But um, anyway, it's it's. I just want to address that because like, there's a, there's a sense in which like, I think it is a fair criticism to say that if you're going to release it for those consoles and the bulk of people are still on those consoles, you need to be, you, you need, you need, you don't, you don't do them dirty, right? Like that, that kind yeah, of sucks. Yeah. That kind it of sort sucks. of feels like a cash grab that yeah, they were I'd, like, I'd rather... well, people, people still play on these consoles or, or like there's a large market on these consoles. Let's just release it. So, and, I, and people well, I don't can know. Get... I got, I got it. Di- uh... I'm happy they did it. I'm happy they did it because I never would have played it if if they hadn't done it. That's fair. I thought it was an impressive feat, regardless of, you know, the bitter taste of the delays, especially this last one. I thought it was an impressive feat that they went out of their way to make sure... On such a broad range. They, yeah, they did that as for many consoles and for many platforms as they could on the same day. Yeah, but I didn't get a discount for it. No, but you (laughs) you weren't tempted to get uh, one of five different additions either yes yeah yeah. you know so you got your money's worth you know i'd say unless you wanted an extra statue you know and and, you know for your desk and this this is the thing is like i i want to move away from that more just acknowledge that like that's the case you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that there's good there's it's gonna ding it all together though let's talk let's talk storyline really quickly how are you guys finding the story so far it sucks Dude, it's ripping my heart out. <laughs> oh, it hurts. Like it's just like, it, it's emotional. I, I am I came into this game with the wrong mindset. Mm. I was like, I'm oh, going to get in here. Man. I'm going to run around and I'm going to punch people. Yeah. And now they are playing my heart like a fiddle. Really? And like you're feeling sucked it, in. I am. And mm. I'll I'll be like playing and I'm all excited and then it's cyberpunk. So it's a fairly dark world and we'll talk about this, you know, a little bit more here, but something will happen and I'll just be like, oh, well now I'm sad. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, Even like the, the story you get invested in characters that I wasn't expecting to get that invested in. Yeah. You know, even like if you don't see them that often. Yeah. Uh, I kind of lingered and explored a bit. Um, and like just kind of looked at the details uh, of you know where people were staying and everything and got uh, a very kind of idea of how they live their lives day to day. And they do even without you know exploring you know just just the presentation yeah. that the game gives you gives you enough to get invested. And even like you know it's cyberpunk, it's a gritty world, but it's it's kind of like this mix of this neon glam, um, but it's just highlighting trash alleys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you, you can, you can walk through a beautifully lit city area and then yeah. take a left and find like dead people essentially. Yeah. And like so, gun violence. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. 
yeah, I actually went through one of the like I guess marketplaces alleys that you come to uh i well at the beginning of at least my game i'm not sure where areas that you've started out Mm. as and i saw around the corner like these bright lights and i'm like oh what is that is that like another huge neon sign or whatever what's this shining i heard like like robotic sounds and everything and i turned the corner and the lights i was seeing were police lights yeah, because there was a crime scene around the corner, and the other bright lights was a holographic replaying of, of the, the tragedy that just happened there. And yeah, that's and wild. this is happening next to foot traffic, and the and world, the world next to kids. <laughs> The world yeah. sucks you in in that way. And, and it seems like the storyline has really gotten us as well. That there, there are a load mm-hmm. of key characters that you meet. And the dialogue in the game is very well acted, which I, which I really enjoy. Like, I oh, feel yes. like I am being talked to. They did V's voice very well, yeah. even though... Um, I have I not mean, heard Male's V voice past the trailers. I do understand it, was, sure. it is the same voice actor. Yeah. During the stream, he sounded a little off to me, but I don't know if that was audio Well. Or- he has, a, he has a gravelly voice. He's got a gravelly, a bit of a gravelly kind of a graded voice. And he sounds like a, he's always a street guy, kind of like he sounds like. He always sounds like a bit of a wise guy. I'm in love with Femvi's voice. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Because it, 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 it almost reminds me of like Fem Shepherd. It's that yeah. kind of more lower tone. But she has that, I don't know what that, that grit is in her voice, that very mm, street edge. grit. There's an edge. You know? Yeah, there is. Yeah. And it's, it's, when you hear it, you, you'll hear it. And it's just like, ooh. <laughs> you know? I think what's nice, though, is that both of them are good enough that I am going, like, I'm playing, I'm playing Male V right now. And mm-hmm. for my next playthrough, I'm going to, I'm going to swap right yeah. mm-hmm. like likewise it's been so refreshing from the voice acting point of view because it keeps you sucked into the story these are like it's not just somebody reading a line at least with male v vo- v's voice as the story progresses and he's in different places and he's having different emotions you can actually feel that coming through even though mm-hmm. he keeps this sort of tough guy persona the whole time yeah mm-hmm. it's really good and it's really, yeah. it's really there's, there's a lot of humanity baked into that, which I was excited right. about because I wasn't sure if the game would be so bleak that like um, early on, there's a scene uh, in the, and it was shown heavily in trailers and things where he rescues uh, a woman from an ice bath, essentially. They, she is being, she's essentially in a chop shop and they are removing body parts from people and trying to reuse them. Cyberware, and yeah. Cyberware. So you find her in a bathtub and V and Jackie both express shock, dismay, and discomfort of the scenario, which I was kind of expecting them to be very business as usual. Yep, get her, plug her in, jack her up. Okay, where's the auto hypo? But no, they're very much Mm -hmm. like, this is awful. This place is terrible. And you're kind of like, it's nice to see people that are still hurt by that environment. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. And and it really humanizes it. So we've talked a little bit about the story. We know a little bit about some of the characters. We've tried to avoid some spoilers in here, but like, um, what do you guys think about the overall gameplay? How how is that feeling to you guys? Combat, varied approaches, things like that? It took a little bit to get used to. Like Seth, I was going in with different expectations for the gameplay. And I think a lot of that had to do with almost the entire first act it's very they they don't open up the whole world to you right away right it's very constrained yeah Yeah. like at the very like the very first like prologue it is 
a single player game you go through the story they but that's how they like kind of ring you in and then they open up the world a little bit but it's mostly then the same deal you can do side missions but it's that main story that's going to progress you Mm. and then after the the first act then they open up the rest of the game to you and it's just kind of that trickle of getting used to the world and everything um the controls like i went in like my character um i went as a hacker and it took me a bit to get used to hacking and at first i thought it was not intuitive Mm. and but when i kind of got it i'm like oh oh this is how you know when you when you when you breach something you can put the codes but you can layer the codes so you start to you see it more and yeah. like okay then once you get a used to it then it's like oh this is second nature now this is I, awesome I, yeah I'll, I'll tell you that i'm not playing a hacker and i love hacking i hack the crap out of everything when i'm going through scenarios and i've learned to turn on my cyberware when i walk into places and scan everybody and tag people and like mm-hmm. just there's a bunch of things i do now like when so there are scenarios in the story when as you're walking along, you start to your gameplay reflexes start kicking in and you like mm-hmm. you feel like this might be a cutscene, but just in case, there are the trip wires, there's the bad guys, let's ping their network and see who's attached yeah. to that. Okay, there's a camera up there. Let's just turn that off as we go. You know, kinda <laughs> kinda and so like as you're 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 just you're in starting, case I have to come back through here. You're starting <laughs> to play like you're in the world. Yeah. It's a really good sign. And um And there are like yeah. especially with hacking, I don't know, you know, there's probably more with you know being a bruiser and being more stealth like you guys but even just with hacking there's more than one way to do something like you said you know turn like ping people so you you can uh see see them through walls and then paint them and then turn the cameras off or you could have hacked the cameras and turned them into friendly mode and whenever an enemy passes by them it automatically pings yeah you know and yeah just different ways i would i would echo that i think that um combat so i'm playing a a just straight bruiser i mean there are situations i can get i get into where i can't simply punch my way out but ever since i got gorilla arms those have been few and far between (laughs) yeah you can also force doors open and stuff yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool what's interesting is that at first i was like man the combat is is really one-dimensional and then I started getting up into sort of the higher levels of it. And all of a sudden, hey, every 60 seconds, I can dodge sideways, slow time down, and sort of assess my situation. So what I've found is that this is a game of depth. And on the surface level, it can feel a little bit cheap. But as long as you are investing time into it, and I'm only about 20 hours in, I think 22 hours, um, mm-hmm in as well but as long as you're investing the time into learning how to do what you're trying to do you can figure it out and it's very satisfying cyberware makes the difference as well like i've been in playing the game i've been um, i went and got some enhancements with cyberware so now it slows time when combat's initiated and i like sneaking so what happens is whenever somebody spots me it slows time and it gives me a second to figure out where they are so i can get out of their eye line which is amazing on the other hand i've also got one that slows time when you dodge or when you slide now when you have a smart smg and you put it targeted on someone's head and you sprint and you slide and target and all the bullets go into the brain. <laughs> like it is amazing. And you feel like a flipping wow. God. And that's only smart weapons, right? There's three types and they right. 
have a lot of, cause I use tech and smart weapons a lot in that you feel powerful, but you're also yeah. really vulnerable if you get caught in the wrong oh, yeah. situation. And well, maybe you are. Yeah, I know. You just punch <laughs> your way out. That's the thing though. But it's also, I, I've I'm also playing like, I'm playing a pure health and armor character. Yeah. So mm -hmm. like I can just run Attack. away. Now, the thing is that's interesting is I've also found that unlike most games I've found that have a generic charisma skill, this game varies it out, right? So I'm talking to Judy, yeah. a character you meet later on, and she runs the brain dancing rig. And because I had technical skill, I said, oh, you've got one of these setups. That is preem. And she's like, oh, neat. you know about this? And we like had a little bit of back and forth about it. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you have a pile of other situations where like cool comes into it or intellect at one point. Yeah. It was, I, I couldn't do it because I wasn't smart enough. Or talking to thugs and using your body because you're jacked like they are, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And, and or even and, using your background. Street Kid came up uh, a lot. Yeah. Me a so lot. <laughs> the thing that I found interesting about this game is like a lot of us, we wanted to approach this game from many different standards. And I think in some ways, like I was a little bit disappointed with the prologue because it felt very quick and not super meaningful. It's essentially just how you connect to Jackie. At least Correct. mine was very short and felt yep. fairly shallow. Yep. Same. Um, yeah. Now, I was kind of given the impression this would weigh in more. And I think it does. I think it does impact things. But the yeah. thing that's interesting to me is like our choices turned out to be meaningful, but not in the way that we necessarily anticipated they would, right? Which yeah, yeah. I think has been a mostly pleasant, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'd like to be a bit more of like, I wanted to essentially be like a, a, a country bumpkin sniper is essentially what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like the Pikes from uh, Snatch and just be like a guy that like lives in a trailer and has a crappy old beat up car and also a really high powered rifle and a workshop in the backyard, you know? And like, I wanted yeah. that kind of feel. I didn't get that. I got Street V because V has a personality. You don't get to decide what V's personality is. Yeah. But you do get to decide a lot of things along the way. And those things are meaningful. And so mostly I've been satisfied, but I think a D&D &D player or TTRPG player who's saying, I want to come in it this way and I want to be an anarchist and I want to do this and this, you're, right. you're not going to get what you want. Like the game, it's a little bit like Geralt is always Geralt in, in, in The Witcher. He is not, right. he's not someone else. You might make some different choices. It might be a different type of Geralt, but still Geralt. Right. We're all different types of V, but we're still V. So let's, let, let's, let's, let's put a ribbon on this. All right, let's put this together. Um, here at the Worldcraft Club, we like base 12 systems, right? Like they divide evenly in half, they divide evenly in quarters, they divide evenly in sixths, and they divide evenly in thirds. So it makes it really, really easy to move it around. Also, we're just snooty like that. So we just decided to do base 12 for our system of measurement for the game, so, right? So you mean rating this like one out of 12 stars? <laughs> Instead of 10? Yes, exactly. Okay. <laughs> but we're not going to use stars. We're going to use cyberware shurikens and because ah. that's appropriate. So that's how we're going to measure this. So uh, let, let, let's do this. I'm going to pitch a number. I'm going to pitch a number at you guys. I think it's fair. And you guys can, can help me adjust it back and forth. So we've gone through a couple of things. Yeah, we got some technical glitches. Not great. But we also have a couple of PC Master Race folks here who have had a preem experience with it. So, you know, there's a little bit of balance back and forth there. We, we, we recognize the technical faults, but we're, we're not going to ding them too bad for it. We also have what we all agree to be like a thrilling storyline that's pretty well voice acted. We're kind of enjoying mm, yeah. it. We're getting attached to the characters. We're drilling in deep. The world seems very immersive. And we're pretty happy with the way combat feels. 
glitches notwithstanding, including the different pathways that we're taking. So it feels an altogether pretty solid game. So here's what I want to give it. 10 out of 12 cyberware shurikens. What do you guys think? I agree with you wholeheartedly. All things yeah. considered, with what CD Projekt Red had to pull off. Yeah. And the company are fans. They went out of their way to get Mike Pondsmith, who is the creator of the site of the cyberpunk world. Uh, and, you know, work with him a lot and really get down to the soul of this game. And it shows. And, yeah, and it shows. And honestly, every time I go, like, walk around and just explore, all I see is polish. Glitches, you know, I can forgive. Uh, but just, like, from the cars to the beautiful vistas, okay, First time I'm like on the rooftop and I see a view of the city, I teared up because it gorgeous. was just so beautiful. It's, gorgeous. it's so yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. And, you know, I'm getting, be- I'm getting more accustomed to the game and I just look more forward to what they have in store. Like Seth, you know, they're pulling on my heartstrings as well. Yeah. Uh, but I welcome it. <laughs> you know, that's why I picked up this game. Uh, so, yeah, 10 out of 12 for me. I want to go out on a limb. I think this game by the middle of next year is going to be a 14 or 15 out of 12. I think, I think you might be oh, right. Is that, is that when the mods will drop? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I think that, I think yep. that what's going to happen is we're going to get DLC. All of the glitches are going to get fixed over a couple of years. It'll get patched. And then I think they're going to give us modding. I, tr- I, I trust the developers with it. Yeah. Once we finally get- we can romance Johnny Silverhand. Oh yeah. Are you sure that's not already an option? <laughs> Only time will tell. <laughs> time will tell. <laughs> oh, well, look. I think we're kind. Of, I think we're in agreement. I think we're in agreement on it. My ten out of twelve was contingent on them continuing essentially to make it better and to make it work sure. for my beloved PS4. For now, I usually buy games years late so this was very new for me and so i I, but i read enough to know to expect the bugs since we're doing a game recommendation here's my recommendation yeah if you're playing on pc or on a ps5 go out and buy it or on the xbox series x x yeah xbox series x yes go out and buy it it's Mm -hmm. a great game over the next couple of months they're going to Patch out all of the bugs yeah. that that bother you. And honestly, like I said, I'm playing on a PC and I've had very few bugs. Yeah. yeah. But if you are not, if you are playing on console, I think you should do yourself a favor and wait. I think if you're playing on PS4, if you're playing hang on tight. an older generation Xbox, just hang hang tight i think enough of the sales are tied in it that they'll fix it but with that with with all that said now like i want to dive into the real meat of the podcast and start talking about world building a little bit and so what i want to do is hand it over to marcus here for a second just to kind of give y'all a brief overview like this is our approach to world building and to just explain a little bit about how we approach this game as well because we had kind of a unique approach go for it marcus all right so when we are when we are focusing on world building, uh, particularly in this game, we you've, if you've been around 
listened to our shows, you know, you'd also, you've heard us talk about uh, worlds from literature uh, yeah. and from other movies and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, even mentioned games, but video games is a very unique medium because unlike uh, reading a novel or watching a movie, it is interactive. And more often than not, instead of you watching the hero save the day, you are the hero saving the day or <laughs> failing to do so. Yeah. Uh, even more so, uh, Cyberpunk 2077 is a majority, majorly a first-person game. So you are seeing directly through the hero's eyes, mm. making their decisions. So when, when a character, you know... Uh, you get buddy buddy with the character you are sitting right next to them yeah. when you see something horrible uh it is in your face and you are given freedom to stop the narrative especially in this game in an open world you get yeah. given the freedom to just explore i've done a lot of that walk away from people while they're talking to you oh yeah they get pissed off but you can do it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um but yeah, and you're given the freedom to just explore the physical world of Night City and its borders because you can go outside of the city yeah, as well. And it is a completely different atmosphere. Um, so, so here, knowing this, the three of us kind of approached this three different ways uh, because we wanted to kind of collectively get a better experience yeah uh the fastest so even though you play basically the same character they give you some freedom of their backstory of where your origins are or your life path so to speak as advertised Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so i went with a uh street kid james started as a nomad starting outside the city um and seth was a corpo of the elite of night city so I can only really speak for myself. And we also, on top of that, got, you know, different play styles. I was a hacker. Seth was a bruiser. Um, James was a stealthy sniper. But also, I think um, with our different choices and play styles, I think there definitely is a part of the world that kind of stuck out to the, us. Uh, going in, I... I really wanted to focus in on kind of the transhumanism of just the cyberpunk as a genre yeah. as well. Um, and I mentioned this over at stream, but I'll mention it here for our listeners. Um, there is definitely a play on in the, in the cyberpunk genre as a whole, there is, you know, what do, does it mean to be human? And it yeah. mostly focuses on what does it take for a human to become a machine and lose its humanity and what does it take for a machine to gain so much sentience that it becomes human or has a quote soul um and you see that by you know there there are some ai characters that you um feel for in this uh, in the world there are ais that are fashion designers and novels that can write a novel in 200 different languages on launch day. And Seth can do that. (laughs) And, and then you have, you know, people that are so into modding when you see the upper class people 
and their skin is just gold. Yeah. You know, and when you see the people in the street and you get up and especially like if <laughs> me as being starting as a street kid, uh, someone stopped my car and got in my face and I could see the cybernetics in his face, his eyes glowing. Definitely parts of his face were not real and just looking very intimidating. But mm. with being modded up, there is a thing in the game called cyberpsychosis, a loss of self. Yeah. And they are in the game. Um, and my first encounter with one was extremely trippy. It's probably, it's kind of like a side mission. So probably the first time experience is going to be different for everybody. But this guy charging me, he was doing the Naruto, like strifing, like oh, almost yeah. near teleporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nope, up to that point, no one else in the game does that. So it completely took me off guard and it, I went into panic mode. Um, but you just kind of see that up. That's what the game does. It gets up in your face about these kind of different, um, different morality choices and the consequences of those choices. Um, I had mentioned in the stream, you know, uh, there's like these Buddhist esque monks that kind of steer away from cybernetics because that means, you know, more cybernetics means more possessions for them. Uh, But then later on, I, unfortunately come across a weeping monk who had been forcefully modified and now he's having an existential crisis on his beliefs and really to go with like yourself as transhuman i haven't got that far into i haven't i have not um not filled all your mod slots yet in the game (laughs) i haven't i haven't had a needed to i really really upgraded because i was a hacker my cyber deck and like your onboard computer yeah, it was really just any anything that had to deal with hacking, I put my money into first. It was yeah. more so the perks I had to make sure I chose well. But definitely going into the mods, I could definitely see there was more mods that would give you more health, give you more armor, give you manta blades at some point. And so yeah. I'm very curious, Seth, on your, your playthrough and your point, because it seems, I'm assuming you focus more on modifications of your character more than anything else. So what's interesting is when I started, I didn't because I didn't need to. Yeah. yeah. I stacked body and then <laughs> ran in and punched people. And then I would run away and hide and heal when I needed to. And then I'd run back in. And, and I played a very like combat aware character. Mm. Well, I quickly got to a point in the game where that simply didn't work anymore because my oh. enemies now are better at fighting, right? And hacking and, you. And hacking me. And yeah. they've got guns that, that go through my armor or give me status effects like I'm burning or something like that. And also I made you play hard. I did, I did up the difficulty as well. But, but mm-hmm. I, got to, I just got to this point where like, even after I upped the difficulty to hard, I, I figured out a way to play, but then I, I reached a hard cap on that, right? Oh. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh man, now I need to go and find. And so for for a while, I was actually using, I wasn't punching at all. I was using tech sniper rifles, uh, sh- shotguns, that kind of stuff yeah. mm-hmm. in order to try to earn enough money to get my, my mod, Gorilla Arms, mm-hmm. that drastically increases my hand-to-hand combat damage and 
allows me to do some fire damage and stuff like that. And, and so now I am back to that, but man, talk about slippery slope. As soon as I got my gorilla arms, I started looking at the other options and I was like, Oh dude, I can get this and it's going to give me better health regen. I can get this. It's going to slow down time when I dodge, I can get (laughs) this. It's going to, you know, increase uh, how quickly my stamina regens. So all of these things, as soon as I started modding, I have become addicted. Yeah. And yeah. it's amazing how much a good mod that that uh, complements your play style helps you so much. Because yes. I went through the same way. I was hacking people and then I was like, I'm this this is horrible hacking. I have to resort to weapons. But once I got that great cyber deck, I became a wizard again. And yeah. An interesting thing I actually noticed, uh, you know, with people being cyber cybered up so much, the more they were cybered up, the more options I had to defeat them. Yeah. It was actually once I started started fighting like more nomadic people, people that were not cybered up that well, I had less options to deal with them. And I'm like, oh. I'm going to stay away from these guys, you know, or, you know, try, I have to hit it out a different way. And I had to use the weapons and the weapons are actually pretty, pretty mean, pretty creative. I understand uh, when they brought Mike Pons, Mike Pondsmith on board and they like, Hey, Mike, here's, or Mr. Pondsmith, you know, b- bowing to him as he enters, you know, uh, you know, this is what we have our concepts for guns. And he recalls, you know, they were like very bright, and futuristic and colorful and he's like no 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 guns and cyberpunk are mean and intimidating and mili- you know militech you know stuff yeah and so they did a lot of stuff you know with you upgrading uh not only armor and clothing but your weapons as well all the different attachments and mods and upgrades you can and that's basically where james came in so i'm interested i didn't do much gunplay uh, versus just, you know, the pistols, you know, pretending to become uh, John Wick Keanu Reeves, you know. Yeah. And so, but like, I, I assume that you had much more play with that in the crafting, which seemed really nice from my side, you know, uh, of the skill tree. I yeah. always looked fondly at the crafting skills, you know. Yeah, the, so how was that for you? It was rad. I um, I honestly have had a blast with it. Um early on in the game, like I, I, I couldn't really figure out how to craft. And I've got to admit, like the crafting system feels a little anemic in the game for the most part. Like it's like a little bit grindy and a little bit frustrating. There's a lot of making stuff you don't need in order to boost your crafting skill, which you don't have to do in games like Fallout because you increase your level and you can just buy up the skills and you only make stuff you want. But with this, it was more like you build skills by using them. So crafting gets a little bit old after a while and kind of pulls you out of the game a little bit. But on the bright side, I have a really awesome tech sniper rifle, which shoots through walls. And so like, it's really, really neat. I've had a lot of bad guys thinking they're in cover, but instead getting headshotted. And like, that's been (laughs) phenomenal. And uh, I've I've just had a blast. (laughs) Not to mention the variety of weapons in the game. You talk about smart weapons, power weapons, or tech. Tech shoots through walls when you charge it up. Smart weapons fire gyrox, so they're little, uh, they're little bullets with rocket boosters on the back, so they can oh, actually yeah. target people. So you can 
make all your shots, headshots on one guy, but it takes a little bit of skill and finesse to use it. It's not, it's not super duper easy, but it comes in handy. And like, um, I, I've just been messing around with all of that stuff, upgrading, modding, equipping them. I've got a really nice pistol with like a silencer and a nice mod on it and a little mm -hmm. uh, targeting reticle on the top. It's been phenomenal to play through. I want to talk about something real quick. And that's that, you know, here we are, we're talking about how much fun we're having with the game. Um, I think there's something that's worth bringing up. Yeah. Because all of us have had our expectations subverted in one way or another you know we mm -hmm. came into the game thinking it was going to be one thing and it sort of was another and yeah. i feel like that is one of the core world building themes of the cyberpunk 2077 world so so we can get into a really long and technical discussion about world building in cyberpunk itself yeah but i want to separate out cyberpunk mm. 2077 as a distinct world for a second okay and i want to talk about it just sort of on its in not really in a vacuum but sort of in a vacuum yeah okay okay so there's this there's this interesting piece of fairy cake yeah that mm -hmm. is everything is not what it seems and you see it, I feel like, as soon as you get into the game. I got it right in the face because I was playing Corpo. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you walk in, you run into these situations where things should be a certain way and they're really a darker mirror of that. You know, we talked about how, you know, you have foot traffic walking along the side and there's a a crime scene there yeah. replaying this grisly murder over and over and over and over as the police are watching it. Right. And mm -hmm. people are just walking by like it's nothing. Now take a step outside of the game for a second and just imagine yourself in that world. Yeah. Here you are in this city that has all of this shine, all of these neon lights, all of this Chrome. Mm. And at the same time, you think nothing of the fact that you're walking by this murder scene except, oh man, glad it's not me. Yeah. yeah. And life just continues on. We very quickly in the game start to get into some of the seedier parts of the city and you start meeting people, dolls, who have a split psyche. They have a chip in their brain that splits off half of their experience so that they don't have to recall it very early in the game you have when when you go and uh rescue the lady from the um from the chop shop right which mm -hmm. is again it's in the the trailers it was in the uh, gameplay demo that they very showed early ones yeah very early mm -hmm. ones uh you rescue her and a comment is made isn't she going to be messed up for life is it even worth it yeah. to save her yeah. because of the trauma that she's gone through? And the netrunner in your ear says, oh, don't worry. They'll just erase this memory. It'll be nothing more than a little scar yeah. on her psyche. Your character says, I heard people who go through stuff like who have this operation get anxiety attacks without even knowing why. You pick up a glass mm -hmm. of ice water and all of a sudden you're shaking. I think that there is a level of world building going on here that is not readily apparent. It's not 
it's not mm -hmm. obvious. It's not the flashing neon, you know, sex light on the wall, right? It's not the the yeah. gangers standing around with their guns drawn. Instead, it's yeah. it's this overall tone of of showing lightness and darkness going hand in hand. It's talking about how the corporations monetize the very act of rebellion itself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of, it kind of doubles back in, which is it, it's it's an interesting thing. It's I I'd heard somebody talking about this before um like our 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 very own our very own John actually was discussing this a little bit on a on a Twitter thread he was discussing. And he had dove into this idea that it's kind of it's kind of jarring that there's this huge anti-corpo message but like V still has like you know the nice apartment and like the uh, and and his his room is covered in like yeah. vending machines and crap and it's yeah. kind of like and the ubiquity of corpo life is like is. jarring like everywhere you go it's present in there and the question I, I think to ask in this game and the one that's been raised by the world building is um, a question of how much you can even really trust yourself and um and what you're seeing and what game you're playing and they certainly do the storyline certainly evokes feelings of wheels within wheels yeah. there's lots of things happening and, and there are a lot of players know what role you're, you're supposed to play you feel sucked in you feel sucked yeah. in and you're not sure who to trust and frequently you're asked well who are you going to trust like it's, it's like the question that keeps coming in and like uh I, because of the route that i took i tend to say the person who asked me first is like my answer is like if they if they gave me if they set me up to go and they're they're mm -hmm. on my side then i trust them and early on you're given opportunities yeah. to stab people in the back that have yeah. uh, tangibly shown trust to you it's just it's an interesting thing and you're right seth this pervades that the, the entire experience of the game is things not appearing as they are even as marcus mentioned that the grisly crime scene by the neon lights in the bright city like that is underneath there's a lot of hurting people. Marcus, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this because you approach this from a, the point of view of, of sort of looking at transhumanism. And when you see mm -hmm. all of these people in their bright, shiny chrome, what's fascinating is then figuring out mm -hmm. where you get your own in the bottom of some back alley. Right. Yeah. With some guy who's called a ripper doc. Yeah. This is not the bright, shiny future that we were promised. It's like getting LASIK in the back of a van. So before I go into that, since we all kind of, because Seth, you brought up a pretty interesting thing of, you know, things are not always as they seem. And I would assume, and, and James saying that there's always players, you know, mm -hmm. to, to the mm -hmm. world. Do you think maybe a, underlying message with having the different life paths is highlighting regardless of what skin it is it's the same game being played in in the world as it is that's deep marcus that's deep i don't know if we're giving them too much credit to some extent like it's i i, I don't know there's, <laughs> there's layers within layers on that but that that isn't it's right. That's in. a great, that's a great question, Marcus, yeah, yeah. because, because a world that somebody creates, yeah. and in this mm -hmm. case, a world that people have spent years pouring into before we even got it. Right. I think that in, to some extent mm -hmm. it can take on a life of its own. 
they can create a world that they didn't even anticipate when they set out. Much like a Star Wars expanded universe or something like that, where the fans give it life. Because at the end of the day, the truest world builders are the people ingesting the media, not the people giving it to you, right? Like they can only show you a facade and it's you that builds all the rest of it behind there in your brain. Like for example, when I knock people out in non-lethal takedowns and then shoot everybody (laughs) else in the room because my cover got blown, I like to imagine that that person yeah. wakes up and climbs out of the dumpster and just goes, <laughs> what the heck happened here? And that yeah. for me is a very gratifying experience. And it only happens in games where I can knock people out like Dishonored, where it's just like they wake mm-hmm. up and there's just a bunch of blades embedded in the walls and dismembered bodies everywhere. And you're just like, what happened? Something similar happened to me because I was, I was I, I hope being, not being the digital, being the digital wizard and taking people out left and right in a mission. And I go into a room and there's these two gang members, but they're sitting on the couch and they have kind of like a faux VR headset, but they're deep in a brain dance, which is yeah. a thing basically that replaces movies. Uh, yeah, it's like, a, it's like living a memory. Uh, and they're, yeah, and they are fully immersed and they're just there. And I'm just like looking at both of them. They are in their in their brain dance, have no idea what's going on. And I just kind of raise a pistol up and then I holster it because I'm because the thought in my head, wouldn't it be hilarious? Instead, once they finish their little movie, they're they're gonna wonder why all the food and drinks <laughs> are gone in the room because I ate them all. And then slowly but surely, they're going to go and where are all our fellow gang members? And these two people are just going to be alone and so wondering what just happened. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah. That, that, that feeling is honestly partly an immersion-based thing, right? Like there's a sense yeah. in which like you imagine that, you fancy that. Yeah. And it's, it's wild the way yeah, this it's a game... story within it. Yeah, the game feels like, it, as, as a game in and of itself, it feels real enough that you could kind of see that happening, partly because that seems like another night in Night City, doesn't it? Where somebody just wakes up yep. and all their buddies are dead and they don't know why. Like, that seems pretty normal. Covered in blood, mm-hmm. not my own. And, like, this whole thing mm-hmm. of just, like, the, the way the world is constructed and this whole, like, pervasive notion of things not being as they seem, like it's just a fascinating world to explore. And there always feels like there's going to be like another little bit of depth. Like, even as you said, you looked out on the city, like I get mad Blade Runner vibes when you look at that, but like even just the the verticality of it was one thing they raised early on. And I've played lots of games where there's lots of things up and down, right? Verticality, Spider-Man, geez, GTA, like uh, Dishonored, a pile of these games, but none of them have done it quite like this, where you look up and you barely see any sky. And a lot of those buildings, like you can get to you know what I mean like you can get close enough up them and you can kind of mount sides on them and you can parkour around a bit and like that also for me just added that extra layer of like oh my gosh like this is this is this is big Mm -hmm. and the crowds too even though they're not interactive I think that's kind of more just right as much yeah well and that's where you know and that's where I think a lot of the criticism of the game falls Mm -hmm. flat for me the game is not necessarily what people thought it was because most people didn't have the background in world building that would actually mm. tell them, okay, this is what to expect. Cyberpunk is a warning about the future. It is not a anarchist ideal. No, it is a 
world where the corporations own everything down to you and possibly Mm. even your soul. Actually, yeah. They own you lock, stock, and barrel Mm -hmm. because you installed their cyberware for a better life. They own your food production. They own your job. They own every single piece of entertainment. I just got into Pacifica. Pacifica is this amazing, amazing section of the city that was designed originally in the game as a playground for corporations, for corpos, a place for them to go and relax. And it was supposed to create this closed circuit of economic uh, stimulus, right? This, this where corporations pour money into Pacifica and the people in Pacifica get that money and then spend it at Pacifica. <laughs> yeah. It's all of this great stuff but none of it was ever finished. It never worked out. And so you have these malls that are abandoned and are now filled with people who live there, who are scratching out a living, right? You have these high rise apartments. You have these, all of this faux luxury that's now run down because it, the dream didn't work. Yeah. And so you have people who are trying their best to live inside of that, seeing that level of detail and then being able to go downtown where if you draw your gun, you can get in trouble. Yeah. Or going out towards the Badlands, right? And seeing the giant trash heaps that ring the city. Yeah. Because where else are people going to put their trash? Mm. So I think that there is a level of world building in this game that we can take something away from. Yeah. You know, as creators, as people who are looking to do t- uh, build TTRPGs, as a writer, I think that there's there's a lot of meat here for us to be able to pull some really cool world building concepts and really cool world building tricks from because they have their fairy cake. Yeah, they have a core to their world. And then everything's built on top of it. I think there might be a conversation about whether or not the game impacts the way you experience that world, like the very mechanics themselves. And in fact, I think we're doing an episode on that. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder, I wonder how many people walked into this game thinking, hey, I'm going to be an anarchist. Or thinking, hey, this is supposed to be like a cool punk future or a cool technology future. Wake up, samurai. We got a city to burn. And James, you highlighted something in a previous episode about how the marketing for this game started out pretty dark. The first shots we got, the first renders we got, not of the game, but of some artwork, Mm. were renders of somebody in the midst of cyberpsychosis. Yeah. Somebody who is probably a doll. That's true. That's really, I hadn't connected that. And they're about to be taken down by a corp and then we see a trailer and what happens in the trailer well the corporation absorbs them she she becomes part of max tech like it's 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 in a place where your brokenness as a human can be monetized like um which is yeah which is just like a really shocking kind of world to live in and it's very bleak as you say this should serve as a warning more than a vision of a, of a future you want to be in like mass effect might be a future you want to live in right? Like there's a message of hope behind that. In this game, there appears to be a, a kind of world building ethos that's built around 
really depravity in a lot of ways yeah. and brokenness. And like you said, being able to being able to monetize brokenness, um, it's come up a couple of times that some parts of of the community have been a little bit unhappy with how CD Projekt Red has handled some of the more sensitive issues relating to identity and and gender. Hmm. And I think it's worth pointing out that when Mike Pondsmith built this whole thing, when he built this world, it was as a warning of what we don't want to get to. This was his way of saying, look, this is what a corporation is going to do to you. Yeah, this is what it's going to be like when money becomes the main the main thing. This is what it's going to be like yeah. when you pursue perfection, but it's not about reforming your character. It's about just changing your 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 body around you and around you with um particularly mechanical implants that let you jump higher and see further and right. how, at what point do you Have begin a perfect to face. what point do you lose your humanity when you do that? Like there are people who are a lot older than they should be but look very young in that game because they have modded themselves to the point of immortality is a character who you see who looks exactly the same as they did 50 years before because they have mm-hmm. the, the the mods have changed who they are. Um, it's all a form of escapism to everyone in the city when you see all the shades of gray even with with people that suffer from cyberpsychosis there is even some people that have empathy for them that they are not helped and that is kind of a a mirror to mental health issues uh neglect for mental health that they are basically shot on sight in the guise of protection from Max Tech, which are like super SWAT. As the fairy cake goes, nothing's as it seems. Max Tech are made of people that suffer from cyberpsychosis right. themselves and are trying to They're fulfill their murder the itch, wiggles out, <laughs> you know, in a publicly acceptable, yeah, in a publicly accepted way. Um, when people get modded up so that they can look a certain way to scrounge up money so they, they can become a doll. Even with the main character dreaming on, you know, well, you know, we're going to the big leagues, man, and trying to get out of their circumstance, uh, at least for the street kid uh, um, origins, even to the point where brain dance, um, like any other kind of like movie, there, there are, there are kind of like the more illegal, uh, brain dances yeah. more of like kind of the snuff and you know uh, brain dances and so on and so forth um, and I read a thing of like you know people getting addicted and there was an explanation of like why did I get addicted to brain dances it's like look around you can you say that you with everything that you have that you are happy for where you are you're happy of who you are and you're happy of all the people around you. And if you said yes to everything, stop reading, stop wasting your time and go ahead. If you said no to any of that, then you understand why I engulfed my life in fantasy and going into another world and being a hero, being, you know, a doctor or whatever he wanted to immerse himself in. It was another layer of escapism. And I, at least from the street kid's side, there are times I've noticed in it that yeah. you are berated for being picky. The only other only time where being picky was supported in this in the atmosphere that I'm in is if you have the money 
to be picky. To afford to be picky. Beggars can't be choosers. And you know, I think I think this may be maybe a good place to wrap up. I love where you're yeah. coming from with all this, Marcus. Like it's it's. We'll continue it in the in in part two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there will be a part two because I think I think there's a lot more to explore. I have some minor gripes with it and stuff. There's a, there's a lot on my mm-hmm. list here I couldn't check, but it's. Um, I think this overall is a really good place to begin talking about the fairy cake of cyberpunk, the world building, the idea that things are not what they seem, that you are for sale is essentially the core ethic behind cyberpunk. And if you take cyberpunk and you view it through that lens, all of a sudden, a lot of clarity can be found in almost everything they have, from the advertisement to the cops to the enhancements to what you see on the street. So the real work, I suppose, we did for this episode to get your money's worth out of it was we figured out what cyberpunk is about. In the following episode, I think what we'll try to aim to do, uh, me and Seth have one, we're going to dive into specific mechanics in the game and how that impacts world building. But I think we got one more in us about cyberpunk. And in that one, we'll dive into some more specifics about elements of world building and kind of the paints that they use to create this sort of uh, aesthetic that we're seeing. But for now, uh, beware the corpos. You can be bought and keep an eye out for our stream. Thank you guys for joining us in another episode of the Worldcraft Club. Bye. Thank you for joining the Worldcraft Club podcast. Please go ahead and like us, subscribe to us on your preferred app. And if you use iTunes, rate us five stars if you think we're worth the rating. It really helps our numbers. If you're listening here, you're missing out on half the content along with loads of other goodies. So please consider becoming an exclusive club member at our Patreon page, starting at as low as $5 a month. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and jump on our webpage, worldcraftclub.com, to get the latest updates on our blog. We're also available on Twitter and Instagram. This has been the Worldcraft Club podcast. Thank you for listening.